The Priestess and the Cauldron, a podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Well, hey. Hey. <laughs> the enthusiasm. Come on, we have to pump our enthusiasm here. <laughs> hey. hey. So tonight we are going actually live from two different locations. This is our foray what? into a new dimension. Yes, modern technology. I know. Not only did we sit across from the table from each other with our mics with modern technology and computers, but now we are miles and miles away from each other and still able to do it. Yes. Yes, and we are also testing out some new equipment tonight, so um, that may change the sound of the show, which is a good thing. We realized we needed it to be a little bit more of a clear broadcast, so we'll see how this microphone works, and then we might be coming to you all clear and fancy. <laughs> I know, with high-tech mics, right now, unfortunately, I am on the low-end side of tech. I've got my little, you know, handheld um, mic here that's part of the phone system, so I'm not as fancy as you are right now. Well, you know, we'll yeah, catch up. you know, I will. Yeah. We will. Yeah. So, obviously, I'm going to ask my favorite, favorite question of the whole night, how was your week? <laughs> well, um, well, Elvira, let's see. Hey. Uh, it's so funny. Every week I have to look back. I have my, I keep my calendar when we do the show, and I have to look at the week previous to today and look at what was on my calendar this week because I don't remember what I did. Um, so because, the, wait, go ahead. I, I said that. we go into the zone. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Or I just don't have a memory. <laughs> well, jog your memory. Go for it, dear. So it is, um, we are still, you know, in the aftermath of the, the major fires up here in Sonoma County. And, and one of the things that happened for impacted me and and the shop milk and honey shop that i i run is the the local gem fair that normally happens didn't it was canceled um so where i would have anticipated getting lots of beautiful sparkly crystals and stones and gems for the shop i wasn't able to and so i've been trying to figure out something else to do and uh, one of the things i have discovered that is magical about milk and honey is that people show up when you need them and five weeks ago, a gentleman from Lake County, the next county over, was just randomly in town and came into the shop and saw that we carried stones and gems and left his number for me. Uh, he used to own a mineral store up in Lake County, and after they had fires a year ago, he ended up closing his business and had a storage unit filled with stones and gems and minerals. So wow. I went up to his storage unit and got a bunch of cool stuff and stocked up on some neat things and got some pretty shiny sparklies and you know so it was a, it's a it's a, an hour and a bit away to go up to his place but it was fun uh, my, uh, my, my partner and I had a little road trip and bought some stuff and came home and got to put it all in this some new fun things so so that's been pretty fun that's been my wow. big highlight for the week yeah how about mm, you well. Myra? what's your week been well like? My my excursion into this week has been, you know, trying to get back into touch with my own center. It's it 
you know, when you leave your house and you come back and you, you kind of are not sure what's going to happen, so you hang out a little bit on the edge and then you keep putting things away as you get you feel closer to safety, um, then there's this, the emotional, psychological point of reference. And um, in the meantime, uh, I... Because of the tension and stress, I got a little under the weather, so I had to, you know, take care of that. And, you know, it was being quiet and then doing things and then being quiet and doing things. So it's um, it's been a, a even time, but one that I had to break up as to what I was doing, and I apologize, that was... Yet again, a lightsaber from the future. Um, I thought it was a lightsaber. I thought I was hallucinating. (laughs) No, dear, you weren't. Uh, (laughs) As a matter of fact, the funny part of it is is that my ringtone is basically one of the the things is a lightsaber. So there you are. I forgot to silence it. But I guess that's to tell me that I don't need to go on and on about what happened. But the good thing was is come Samhain, my friend Alma and I, who's in our audience on this side of the world uh, tonight, wound up sitting in um circle that we cast and sat with our ancestors and, and our beloveds and um, meditated, as we said, had a little snooze as well, and then came back and meditated and came out of it and had a really nice time sharing what we had happened. But we've done this with almost a, maybe oh, less than a handful of times. This is what we've done for almost 30 years. So it was, um, I needed it, she needed it to have some kind of uh, routine and then, you know, establish that. So that was a real powerful time without being in a in a group of people. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. So, and, you know, in general, what can I say? You know, milk and honey. I've seen you guys a couple of times. Well, I saw you once. I didn't see you, but I saw the shop on Saturday and worked there and came back and did stuff at my other location. And, you know, that's kind of been my week. Work. Nice. <laughs> you know? Nice. So, but our topic, which keeps in line with the fact that, obviously, we did a rebroadcast of Samhain last Friday, is mm-hmm. um, Ancestors. Ancestors. Yes. Yep. yep. Kind of a so, Yeah, it is. It is. It was kind of interesting because when we did our circle, I had taken off of the Ancestor altar that I have all the photographs that I knew would never be able to be replaced. Some tin types of ancestors on my father's side dating back to, you know, like 1900 and 1895 and whatever, and different ones. So I wanted to re-put them through the energies of the circle back on. So it feels like we've come home totally by that happening. But, um, again, ancestors. Who are yeah. our ancestors and why we have them? <laughs> right, right. And it's totally appropriate to the time of the year. We we think often we think of Samhain as this one specific day. You know, and depending on your tradition, maybe you celebrate Samhain on the thirty first of October or on first of November, or perhaps you're not celebrating Samhain until the, the the full moon, which would be today or tomorrow. I think. Right. The Tomorrow, third, actually. Well, whenever the full moon is in Scorpio. Um, so, you know, the, the lunar Samhain. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, the way I think about it is Samhain, is a, it's a tide. It's a season. It's more than just a day. It's sort of this, this thing that can, some, for me, often lasts until winter solstice. This sort of mm-hmm. going going within and remembering the past and looking at our ancestors and, and a big part of Samhain and the Samhain tide is that ancestor work, ancestor connection, and remembering the the life force and teachings and the learnings and the things that made it possible for us to be here and alive and um, giving some honoring to those lives that made our life possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... In that, why don't you, you were, we were talking before the show very briefly because of all that's been going on, but um, 
of how we want to delineate, you know, how we want to structure our, our talk tonight and um, in terms of the particular one, we should start with, you know, the pagan, the, the tradition that we come from and say and mm-hmm. talk about that. So would you like to jump in with that? Sure. Uh, so, you know, I was writing some notes down. You know, I didn't do a lot of research for tonight's show. I thought, well, you know, it's the ancestors. Like, what? what is there to research? <laughs> but I was thinking, like, okay, but what are the things we're going to talk about? You know, I need I need to have my bullet points at least. And what I was realizing is in, in the reclaiming tradition, which is the group that I do public ritual with, um, we sort of break the ancestors into smaller chunks. And we uh-huh. have... We have the ancestors, and the way I sort of hold that word is the ancestors are not necessarily my parents. Uh, I might start looking at the ancestors of my grandparents, um, those that, that came before me, those that are in my lineage, those um, that came, moved from different countries, and whose names and stories I probably don't even know, and going far back and far back and far back, the great, 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 greats, those are our ancestors. And it can be difficult because, especially with so much modern technology, we have more than ever the ability to find out who our ancestors were and start to learn about them. And it can be challenging to discover that you've got some assholes in your ancestry. You've got some people... (laughs) You may not want to be honoring, um, and and this can be even your grandparents. Maybe one of your grandparents was a big jerk, and you don't want to honor them. Uh, maybe they were abusive. Maybe they did terrible things in their life. And so I understand that in talking about ancestor veneration, ancestor work, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the way that I look at it is, well, now that they've crossed over, they know better. And mm-hmm. if they don't, and and you don't have to worship them. You don't have them. You don't have to work with them. But in many traditions, the more our ancestors are elevated and able to release some of those negative things from being a human, the more it helps our line and it helps our our bloodline to grow and develop. This is an interesting time of the year because it can dredge up a lot of stuff about where we come from. And that's sort of that right. general ancestor umbrella, at least for me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, because... I know that, you know, some of us have, you know, like certain families have ways of looking at their, you know, family tree and they go do all of the, you know, research and, you know, like on my mother's side, that went way back, you know, generations to, you know, Charlemagne and obviously that's exciting in some ways, but, you know, my father's side, it's very short because there were certain places the italians when they came over they didn't want to remember and they don't want to go there <laughs> and right. um so you have to dig and yes there's a certain amount of of checking it out through the different uh registries you can do and then you know sometimes like with mine i know that a lot of the records were burned in fires in the church where they were kept so you know it's not exactly yeah. like they had digital yeah. copies at that time so. Yeah. Yeah, and the bottom line is you don't have to go, All right, Grandpa Bill, you were a jerk and you were abusive and you were terrible to me. So here, let me set you a plate at my dumb supper and, and make sure no, you don't have to do that. But yeah. but acknowledge that Grandpa Bill is part of the reason that you're alive. And so if at, right. at the very least if you if you can't heal the relationship or you have no interest in healing the relationship, at the very least the acknowledgement that that blood is still part of your blood, and you are going to do the best with the worst of your ancestry. Because the bottom line is, all of us have assholes in our ancestry. All of us. It is impossible as a human being in 2017 that there isn't someone from our ancestry, from our bloodline, that wasn't a terrible person. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's a numbers game, really. Think about it. Exactly, you know? exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. I think, you know, we have a percentage that are okay, a percentage that were all horrible, a percentage that did great, and then there was the neutral percentage, and there you are with one quarter of everything. So, yeah, um, exactly. you know, and, and we can only, but in the same way, 
honoring the line of energy that became us. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one of the things that in the Hawaiian traditions, our tradition, singular, is that we are the epitome of being in body, and we are the ones that can shift and change our energy. We can't change that, you know, Uncle Bill was an asshole or great-grandpa, you know, did horrible things. But what we can do is shift the energy that is the DNA and shift it backwards as well as forwards to our descendants. And that's the key on how I look at it, not because it's a pagan philosophy, but because it resonates with the concept of energy. And that's kind of, you know, what I look at in terms of when I'm doing veneration, worship, devotion. You know, I talk to my ancestors all the time, not just Mm -hmm. because I light a candle and incense. Um, And, of course, if anyone ever heard me, they definitely wonder me as a little old lady that's gone crackers. So, um, (laughs) but be that as it is, uh, it's getting a personal relationship with ancestors, both generic and personal. Right, right. Right. And 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 that is the way I think of the, these ancestors is the ancestors of our blood, breath, and bone. These are the ancestors uh-huh. that are in in our flesh and in our DNA, and the ancestors that gave us blue eyes and red hair. Me, me, blue eyes and red hair. Uh, <laughs> and then we have ancestors of love and spirit. These are the ancestors that we have chosen. These are the people that we connected to in our lifetime. Ancestors who taught us something and maybe this is a human being that you actually met you're the neighbor who lived next door who always babysat you uh, and has passed on this is an ancestor of of love Um, a a witch teacher who taught you everything you know about the craft this is an ancestor of spirit Um, or it could be that you love Rumi and every Rumi book you've read every Rumi word you've read has spoken to your heart and you feel that that is one of your ancestors that's an ancestor of and you can venerate Rumi and set a place at your ancestor meal for Rumi and, and give homage to Rumi. You can also choose ancestors. There, there are the ancestors we're stuck with, quote unquote. <laughs> we can add to our ancestors and, and take on those um, influences that have really made us the people that we are, both in real life, in real human form, and in influence and and to call those ancestors of spirit and ancestors of love. So it's, uh, it doesn't just have to be ancestor veneration and ancestor work is, is all right. Well, you better know your grandparents and your great-grandparents, you know where you come from. You don't. You don't need to know any of that. But knowing um, the names of those spirits and those energies that have helped you create who you are, helped you to build your life and, uh, and make your soul and spirit sing, you know, those are ancestors too. Mhm, And then we have, if I'm not mistaken, the mighty dead. Right. Yeah. In in many witchcraft traditions, the use of the mighty dead or the mighty dead, the craft, and these are the witches that have died, and they are the witches that have died that we know, like Margot Adler and Raymond Buckland and. Victor and Cora Anderson and Gerald Gardner and, uh, you know, Doreen Valiente, all these famous big-name pagans and big-name witches that we know, the mighty dead of the craft. But it's also uh, the old woman who lived at the edge of the forest who was the herbalist and midwife. Uh, It's that secret spellcaster that no one knew she was a witch her whole life. It's the 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 great aunt who everyone would go to when they needed help with their love life and she would give them a magical charm to help them get pregnant. It's these mighty dead of the craft, the ones that kept witchcraft alive, both known and unknown. And we, we do veneration to the mighty dead to remember those witches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I know that, um, it's interesting what I had written, and it's it's you know enlightened ancestors, and you know that yeah. enlightened is a is a catchword, unfortunately, because it's had a certain uh, a certain 
certain thing that's been attached to it. When you're enlightened, you're above everybody. You're so beyond. Um, right. You could hardly touch the hem of their skirt kind of a thing. But what I think of it is, is with a state of awareness, passing on, having had a state of awareness, and it would follow that the, the individual ones you've just mentioned all have a state of awareness what that state of awareness in terms of higher or lower is not important, but a state of awareness in the in the craft. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just a saint or, or something of that nature could be, but not necessarily. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we often say the phrase, what is remembered lives, and that's, you know, this is to honor those that have gone before and to speak their names, to remember them so that their spirits live on. And, for many folks, especially when it comes to the mighty dead, at least in public ritual, you often hear these big names. You hear Gerald Gardner and, and you know, these names that, that if you've done any study in witchcraft or Wicca, you would have heard some of these names. But then there's also those those ones of the craft whose names we don't know. Um, but remembering that they were here and, and feeding their spirit and their energy is what helps to keep witchcraft alive because there's so many threads in the tapestry of witchcraft, the colors of which we'll never know because the inventor of that thread is passed on, you know? So we have to remember those names too, even though we don't know them. Right. Right. And it, you know, when you say what, what you remember, you know, what you remember lives. And Mm -hmm. the thing that I think is really important at this time of the year is the concept of remembering the, I want to say the positive. I mean, we can all think to the lowest of the negative and keep the hate and the anger alive. But you know, we're we're moving into the solstice. So even though this is a time of transition, it is also a time of shifting that energy pattern and staying out of it. Just like we've talked. Uh, when we had our uh, show on, you know, what was happening in Sonoma County, how mm-hmm. people put aside things that would normally have divided them to for the greater good, for the, for the for the community, for what needed to be done, and of course we kind of move forward into the you know into the season of the solstice and all that. It will and you know we'll talk about that later anyway when we get down the road. But mm-hmm. it's the same thing. We're gearing up for it, and. Um, I think, as you say, it's a season. It's not just a mm-hmm. day. This year, I didn't put out a lot of, you know, um, Halloween witchy kind of decorations as I would normally do for many reasons. But I feel it more inside than I do needing it to be outside. Right. Right. So. Yeah. But yeah. So, and you know, what is veneration? What is veneration? Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, it's based on love and respect for the deceased. And whether it's love and respect for the individual, but as we've talked about, as an ancestor, as part of a line of many that have brought us into physical being. Right, yeah. So, and um, what kind of things can we do with that? Yeah. Before we break, you know, what what do you want to, you know, in terms of talking, we can, you know, we can look at, um, you know, appeasement, we can look at protection and fortune. I mean, you know, when you're dealing with ancestors, it's not just saying, hey, you know, we remember you, you're cool, okay, we came here, this is great, but there are things we ask of our ancestors. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let yeah. me give you one more category. Well, I have two categories, but one is important. Okay. And then, okay. Uh, so at least in my tradition, we like, I don't know, we have to make things so specific. And how many freaking categories of ancestors can you possibly? And there's more than this, even, but still. So the other category that we often use in the reclaiming rit- rituals is the beloved dead. So we have our ancestors. We have the mind dead of the craft. And we have those ancestors of, of, of our lineage of blood, and we have those ancestors of the lineage of our spirit and love, and then we have the beloved dead. And the, the sort of thing that is different, that makes the beloved dead different, is that those are those that have died since we were on the planet. So this could, this could be a grandmother. Your grandmother could be in several different categories. Or this could be your dear friend who passed away this past year. This could be uh-huh. uh, one of your parents. This could be your pet. 
my my cat bear claw often shows up at Samhain as one of my beloved dead. Uh, but these are the dead that you have mourned. These are the dead that you have grieved. These are the dead that you have um, been a part of their life and they have been a part of yours. And so mm-hmm. often what we work with in rituals is our beloved dead. We often go to whatever ritual or trance or, or tr- process to connect to those beloved dead. Those are the ones that we've lost and we need closure or we need or we need to remember, whatever it is, but those are often the most painful ones. Those are the ones, you know, it's it's easy to talk about great-great-grandma Lois, who I never actually knew. It's a lot harder to talk about that dear friend that passed away six months ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because you're still doing the grieving process. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And and you know we, we mentioned the unknown dead a little bit, especially in talking about the mighty dead of the craft. But for me, there's also um, if I don't know, it feels important. I like cemeteries. I, it's such a cliche for a little witch to love to go to cemeteries, but I do. They're beautiful and they're interesting and they're filled with history. Especially uh, like in Santa Rosa, there's the rural cemetery that's hundreds of years old. Um, and there are gravestones that are so old and ornate and intricate and interesting, and no one goes to visit them, and no one knows who's buried there, and no one remembers the story of that person. And I, I like to go and visit the grave that has been the least taken care of and clean it up a little bit and leave it an offering and something for that forgotten person because someday mm-hmm. we will probably be forgotten all of us you know <laughs> truly i mean um mortality is part of this body no matter how yeah. much people are trying to not make that part of the body but it's also you know i can remember certain family members but past a certain amount i can't you know, right. and I don't know if my daughter is going to go farther than that because she never met my right. grandmother and I never mm-hmm. met my grandfather on my father's side. So I can remember something or a story, but all of that will eventually, two or three generations forward, can very easily become part of the mist. Right, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So it's complicated. But, and if you think about it, you know, once if, you, if you're going to do a ritual for the beloved dead, then all of a sudden you invite you invite in the ancestors, you invite in the mighty dead of the craft, you invite in your beloved dead, you're calling in your dogs and your cats and your hamsters and your guinea pigs, then you're calling in the unknown dead, and before you know it, you don't have enough food to feed all these people. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. It's like a party and you've only paid, bought for a certain amount. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you do need to also, I think, what what – Phoenix is saying is you need to have a little moderation. <laughs> right. right. Be clear in who you want to work with right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, it's fascinating. Cause, you know, then we have, you know, the day of the dead and, mm. um, uh, I was talking to someone and they were, you know, I mean, we do, at least as far as me, I'm concerned, I do, you know, October 31st, and that's when I do the actual veneration and the work and everything. But he, I was talking to him, and he was talking about, well, you know, it's it's Monday, and then it's, you know, Tuesday was the first and the second, and it'll be done, you know, by the, the end of this particular day. And I was kind of looking at it going, it's, you know, Different cultures have different ways of doing the ceremonies and how long and what, but it's a common ground whether you're talking to someone who is from Latin America or someone who is from Africa. You're talking about the structure of honoring those that are past and whether they're spirit past or personal past or you know, whatever, it's that time. Everyone seems to have it. It was a common, it felt like a common language without having to translate into different little minutiae. Right. So, um, are we at a place where we need to take our famous genie um, break? Yeah. Let's take a break (laughs) and then when we come back, we'll talk about 
what do you do now that you have all these ancestors at your table? That's it. Okay. All right. Be back in a minute. You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hooter Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays, 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays, 6 to 7.30. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. That team and we're message back. keeps getting shorter. It just keeps getting shorter. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're going to have to add some other commercials. Yeah, I know. We may have to think of something. Maybe we'll do a milk and honey commercial. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I when like I that was idea. okay. So this is so of side note, ridiculously not related to the show. But when I was a kid. My dad got me a video camera for Christmas one year, and it was one of those old school video cameras that you could fit a full VHS tape in. Oh and, my goodness! Uh, and it was the be- he got it at a pawn shop. I wanted it so bad, I was so stoked, and we made all kinds of ridiculous. I'm so glad YouTube did not exist when I was a kid because I made movies and commercials and videos all the time, and we made some ridiculous commercials. Like playing some of those would be really funny. Oh, that would be good. (laughs) Well, there is always hope. We may have another show we put together as the the strange and ridiculous. (laughs) Well, I qualify as that. (laughs) Okay. There you are. We've got one star right there. (laughs) So strange and ridiculous. Oh, well, that's a good thing, because otherwise we wouldn't be doing something as wonderful as this radio show if we weren't strange and ridiculous. Come on. Come on. Keep our sense of humor. Uh, Okay, so now we got these wonderful energies, these beings, these spirits. What do we do with them? Get them drunk. No. Okay, I like that idea. Do we get to get drunk in the meantime, too? (laughs) More than merrier. No, if you... you, if you're, one of your ancestors had an issue with alcohol, leaving them alcohol as offerings may not be the best place. That's true. That's true. <laughs> like my Uncle Nat. My Uncle Nat died of cirrhosis of the liver when he was in his 50s, and I would not leave, even though he wasn't, he didn't go into a program, I feel I would not give him alcohol. Right. There you go. Good choice. Yes. So... So we have okay. all these ancestors. What are we going to do? Good point. I, You know, first things first is I would probably, you know, you talked about the dumb supper um, or leaving a plate of food and drink, whatever that is, for the the group. It's, you know, sometimes we can set singular ones if we have a specific one we want, but usually it's just one. Um, and I've usually done, you know, if it isn't a, it isn't a plate, I'll do a small bowl of an offering on the ancestor altar with a little incense and a little candle, tea candle, and um, do that and uh, talk to them. Yeah. Um, you know that kind of a thing. So, what do you do? Uh, well, you know what's interesting is um, so if if you look at indigenous cultures, Native American cultures, Aboriginal cultures. Uh, cultures that are still doing a lot of the practices that their lineage has done for a very long time. Ancestor veneration is often part of that. And even in like Japan, ancestor veneration is a, is a big deal. It's not just something that happens once a year. 
Mm-hmm. And so my my daughter's father is Native American, and so I learned a few traditions when we were together. And some of them I've let fall away, and I actually have a lot of and one of them is is feeding the ancestors. And um, every time we had a meal where we were, you know, it wasn't like when we went to the drive through of a fast food restaurant, we'd have to set an ancestor plate. But if we had made dinner, a plate was always made for the ancestors. And it wasn't that, you know, we make 10 pieces of chicken and, and each ancestor gets one, but they got the first bite of, of something from my plate. They got the first bite from something of, of his plate. And, and that would go on one the ancestors uh, and that's something I've gotten away from and, and every time I remember that practice I feel like oh I should be doing that again feeding the ancestors all the time but on Samhain right. I make a point of it and, and I make uh, I set a beautiful table and everyone who comes over for dinner and sometimes it's just me and Gwion and my daughter and or our, our other kids when they lived at home and, or sometimes we invite friends and family over and, and everyone gives something from their plate to the ancestors or one of my circles of my coven others, we all set a plate for our personal ancestors and put them on an altar for all of our ancestors. Um, but feeding them is important. And we've talked about this before with working with deity and working with other spirits. You want to give them something, an offering and food and drink is a really good way to do that. If your grandma surely loved coffee, then give her a special cup of coffee on Samhain or on her birthday or on a day that is special for you and your aunt. You know? So food and drink can be a really great way to give an offering and to honor them. Right, right. And, you know, I think, again, playing music, that is something that they enjoyed or a part of the ethnic background that is yours, like, you know, uh, doing drumming or, you know, the bagpipes, if you're Scottish or, you know, the Highlands and stuff. I think that <laughs> you don't want me playing the bagpipes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, come on. You know, my whole my whole little group here in the senior park would have a flip out. I think it'd be great, you know, get little bagpipes going down the street. You know, oh, very pretty <laughs> Well, I try to keep it. I try to look at the humor of this because it's like, what do you do? You know, I look at it as they're traditions that have structure. You know, you you know they have them. Um, my lineage doesn't have structure of that nature. So it's what comes from my heart. Um, I take flowers. Like I have a gardenia tree that in the strangest times it has bloomed up to now when it's really cold. But, I mean, even in the fires, I came home to find one gardenia bloomed. And I was like, oh, my goodness. So I brought it in and put it on the ancestor altar and thanked the ancestor for keeping the house and all the things in the park and all that. Um, So I tend to be spontaneous in tradition of a ritual. You know, we do, I do the, the things that we try to be more specific with, you know, the elements that we use, the the, the specific things that we um, call in a circle on. But uh, for me, I've gotten a little bit more what comes in is what needs to happen, and I can do yeah. it within a minimal structure. Yeah. One of the things I really love to do, and this is a practice that – that the coven I mentioned earlier, something that we do, but this is also something I've seen done in lots of different places, is toasting and telling stories. So if you have a beloved dead you want to honor and remember on Samhain, you you say, tonight I want to remember my grandfather. And when, and okay, true story. I want to remember my grandfather, Ronald. And when I was a child, grand, my grandfather, Ronald, died when I was about three years old, and I was the first grandkid he knew and when I was little I had copper colored hair my dad says it looked like a penny when I was first born so it was really red and my grandfather Ronald would say hey carrot top come over here and let me kick you in the butt and my little (laughs) two-year-old self would run over to him and turn around and stick my butt out and he would kick me in the butt and I would go flying across the room and I thought it was the most hilarious game and so oh I, I would tell this 
say, and I will say, Donald, what is remembered lives and take a drink. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's a great way because you get to share the fun stories of your beloved dead. You get to talk about those people that you love and maybe you share a story that's sweet or romantic or challenging and difficult, but you tell those stories that they can be witnessed by people that you trust and want to spend time with and you get to hear their stories too. So you're honoring your ancestors and your beloved dead and you're becoming close. You know, it's like, it's magic. It's what we do. Right. There you go. Magic. So, yeah. And, you know, the, the, the way we look at life and, you know, the physical world is certainly different than our ancestors, our far back ancestors. I mean, I think they saw, life and death and the circle of it as, you know, just that, a circle. So it was important to keep the things that we remembered from those that had gone beyond into the non-physical realm and because they do stay alive. They don't necessarily wander around. I mean, they could as, you know, they could get physical. But I think it's, it's how we feel about them or people that we so honor as um, pivotal in our life, whether, as you said, whether it's a teacher or it's uh, someone who's written so many books or something that is so inspiring, Um, whether or not I knew, you know, Leonardo da Vinci, when I was able to go to Europe and I saw the Annunciation and started to cry, and I'm not, you know, believe me, going into a huge Vatican Catholic environment, I'm not that, so of course, being a witch, you kind of go, eh, you know, but um, (laughs) I had such a movement of, of, of emotion there. Because I, I, it was not just the picture, it was the man, it was how he, who and what he really was out there, he touched me, and as spirit, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what I honor, and when we come to times like this, I, I, you know, yes, that's part of what is necessary to remember and live, not just because he did this incredible painting that all of a sudden has become super financially, you know, um, immeasurable and whatever. Right, but yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. it's physical, and we can ask, you know, we can ask things, uh, we can ask for help, um, and when we do that, it's always, you know, I look at it as you go to your friend and you ask them for help, and then you give, you know, something in return, and whether it's a coin or you give something, you know, to some like paying it forward, you do something for someone else. It's part of a, a trade process of energies. Um, mm-hmm. This is a time as well, but mostly in general, just with ancestors in mm-hmm. general. I know there's a, a big thing about, you know, protection and fortune and, you know, all the rest of it. And we can, you know, there are things you can ask for or ask help about. I think it's especially important when you're working or connecting with your ancestors of spirit. Uh, you know, if there was a teacher in the in witchcraft or a teacher, even a teacher at school, but if there was someone who taught you and has passed on, the best way to honor and remember them is to take what they taught you and share that with someone else. And, and, and that becomes your descendant, right? So mm-hmm. the best way to, exactly. to pay forward that ancestral energy is to create descendants. And descendants don't have to be babies, literally. Right, you don't have to have children to have descendants. We have descendants of love, and descendants of spirit, and descendants of, in in witchcraft. And and so when you share what you learned from your ancestors, you are creating descendants, and those are also these descendants of your ancestors. Which means you say, my teacher, Copper Persephone, taught me this. And that way, I'm mm-hmm. honoring my teacher. And so when my descendant goes and and then does that that exercise or that practice, they say, my teacher Phoenix, who was taught by Copper Persephone, did this. And it mm-hmm. creates that lineage. And that's part of, of witchcraft is, is sharing our lineage. Right. And that becomes the part of the verbal that was one of the reasons why when the burning times came in and all of the times where things had to go from external to hidden, um, we 
we kind of lost it because the verbal came from one to the other, and then if it ended for one reason or another, we never knew. And I, I sometimes have that sense of uh, loss. So it is important while we are here to honor those that have taught us and, as you say, um, make descendants out there in the world and not necessarily babies. <laughs> right, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you have some cultural things, right? Some ways that specific groups do ancestor stuff? Well, you know, we've got a lot, and obviously um, we have the – in India, we have ancestors are acknowledged and honored uh, among the Hindus, and um, when a person dies, the family observes 13 days of mourning period, and then, you know, a year thence, they observe uh, – do a particular ritual called tarpan, in which the family makes offerings to the deceased, so, you know – India is rich with different ways on how they have functioned with ancestor worship and ancestor uh, veneration and, and uh, caring. And, you know, um, I think that different sects, of course, have different uh, aspects that they work with. And pujas mm-hmm. are made for ancestor worship. So I think that that's one of the cultures that is prevalent and has made it over to, you know, has crossed the ocean to come into our world, especially during the 60s, um, to do that. And I know we do have, you know, the Native American, the Native cultures, and um, there are, of course, various ceremonies, and always including foods and prayer, food offerings and prayer, so we know that. And... um, I'm looking at some of the things. Of course, I know we've already talked about, you know, the the Gaelic and the Celtic. It's interesting when I was looking at some of the information that is out there. November first is actually the day that the the Gaelic um, traditions observe what we would call Samhain on our time here. So it's it's kind of a interesting mini mm. variation. And, of course, we have the Asian and um, the Chinese and the the Japanese cultures of um, veneration and the the different um, ancestral, you know, sacrifices, them making altars uh, and food for the deceased and the different modes of communication. And, you know, it's a very, and then they call the afterlife or hell, and then they have... You know, it's interesting because I was looking this up and it was like hell, hell banknotes. You know, it's money. You want to make sure that you give yeah. your your ancestors money to spend in the afterlife. Right, right. You know, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's interesting, you know, in terms of how to function and what we would think of here and then what would they need money in the afterlife really for. But right. there's that. There's specific days, and I don't know them off the top of my head, but there's... There are specific days, like we have the, the Day of the Dead, which is really ingrained in California, uh, which is a Mexican holiday, really, a spiritual holiday. Uh-huh. But they, you, you do all, all these celebrations, and you see the sugar skulls and the people who dress up, and it's all this bright colors. And a lot of it is, is taking food and meals to the cemetery and having food with your And this also is a big thing in Japan and in China, but I don't think it happens on November 1st. I don't remember that it happens. But taking no, a I think meal. That, mm-hmm. Well, go ahead. No, no, go on. I was going to oh. jump in, but let you finish. Taking a meal to the cemetery and eating that meal there with that grave, with that marker, mm-hmm. is part of that ancestor veneration and connecting to that. And it's like, you know, you can do that at any day of the week, but there is, especially in these specific cultures, there is a day where everyone does that. <laughs> and you, know, you go to the cemetery and, and hundreds of people are there all sitting at different tombstones or whatever, having their picnic with their beloved dead. It's pretty neat. Right. Yeah. Well, I know that they do it at spring and autumn, and then they have specific, as you were saying, they call them ghost festivals. So I guess, you know, that kind of, but they don't give, I, I don't have the dates. I just know the general timing of it. So, um, and of course we have, you know, Rome and, and basically Catholicism and how they, you know, what they, you know, in terms of the ancient Romans, um, it was the Patronalia, which was close to February 21st, 
with a public festival um, of sacrifices and offerings, you know, to to the, the malevolent spirits of the dead to propitiate, you know, and, and appease them. So they kind of did a different way of doing that. But it um, visiting, but families visited they they visited the cemeteries and shared cakes and wine, just like we were talking about in terms of you know Day of the Dead and and some of these others. So it's it's obvious that this is a consistent thing because people were buried in certain places. Now, obviously, the concept of cremation or, you know, different ways of getting of um, getting rid of the mortal remains in some cultures makes that a little bit different. So, I mean, right. obviously, um, sometimes you have mausoleums now in this day and age. There are mausoleums where the urns are. Sometimes they take the urns and keep them in the family, you know, home. Elvira, are you still there? It went very quiet all of a sudden. Oh, I'm sorry. I was I accidentally hit the mute ah, okay. on my on my thing. I'm looking down at it. It said red, and I'm like, oh my god! I said, you take Aunt, you take the great Aunt Mary's ashes and go hang out with her instead of going to her tomb. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. So there's lots but, of ways to connect. Yeah. And all cultures, you know, and that's what is is the thing that intrigued me is all cultures have this. Right. They all have it. And, you know, the variations, but they're all there. It's about honoring and and mm-hmm. and remembering whether, you know, we want to call what remembers lives or, or something else. And um, I'm... I guess it's just continuity. I find it very um, satisfying at that point. So, and what else do we have to say about this wonderful idea of ancestors? (laughs) Well, you know, we've all got them. Yeah. uh, So, you know, Mm -hmm. do something. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Well, that's definitely true. Definitely yeah. true. I, I know that we've tiptoed around it. We haven't explicitly said it, but um, having an altar, and it can be something you have up all the time in your home. Um, you can create an altar for your ancestors and keep it up all the time, or it can be something that you only put out during the Samhain tide. Uh, but you know, it, it doesn't have to be a huge, elaborate thing. It can just be a picture with a small cup of water and a little candle and a place where you make space for those ancestors in your life. And I do like having an ancestor altar up all the time. It definitely gets a little bit more attention in my house during the Samhain tide. And um, uh, for a minute there, when I was helping create public ritual in the North Bay, people would bring their photos of their ancestors and their beloved dead to the ritual to put on the, the altar at public ritual. And often those ancestors would be left, left behind afterwards and I ended up having all of these orphan ancestors on my ancestor <laughs> altar because I couldn't just throw them away, you know. Oh, I um, know. But in the, at Tide, my ancestor altar gets bigger. I bring out older pictures of ancestors of me, that maybe I didn't know or decorations that I keep just for Samhain. Um, so it gets a little bit of a spruce up, and I tend to pay closer attention to it. But it is uh-huh. always in my house. You know, remembering uh-huh. those those people who helped my life come into existence, both from blood and uh-huh. yeah. And I think that that's very important for us to remember all the time. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, it's a it's who and what has helped us be who and what we are, and you know. You know, there are days when you don't really like the people that you had as ancestors or family members or whatever, but, you know, everything brought us to this point, and we've been, we've grown, and we haven't fallen on the, you know, the gutter or anything. We're there. We're here. We're we're doing that. I had a chance today to have a conversation with, (laughs) I had to go get a doctor because I belong now to Medicare, and, and they want me to actually have a, uh, in-network doctor, so I went through that process, 
and we were talking and, and we were discussing the time of the year and what people were doing and how, you know, the fires have affected people and the grieving. Mm-hmm. And um, I was kind of telling her a little story around my family, and I looked at her and I just laughed because here we were bonding over life and death and the time of year and our family and the, that kind of a thing. So yeah, we yeah. talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So... Okay, so we're coming close to our ending. I can pretty well feel it. I don't have a clock in yeah. front of me, but I know we're somewhere there. Yeah. So we're close. we do have um, next week is Ask a Witch, correct? Yes, that's correct. So we do have some questions that have already been sent in, but it's not too late. If you have a question that you would like us to answer, if there's something about witchcraft, Wicca, traditions, either of our practices you're curious about, or if you'd like Elvira and I to do a free tarot reading for you on the show on a specific question that you have, now is the time to write. Next Friday, which is November 10th, we will be doing our Ask a Witch segment. So go to our website, which is witchpriestesscauldron.com, and there is a little form to fill out, and it will be sent directly to us. And we'll probably get to five or six questions, depending on how long it takes us to talk about them. Um, And Mm -hmm. we might end up dedicating a whole show to your topic, like we did last time with Dionysus. So please do write in. Yeah, there is still time, and we would love to um, hear what you would like to hear about. So please do write in if you haven't had a chance. Okay, well, do we have anything last minute to say? Obviously, we want people to come to Milk and Honey if they're in the area and see all your sparkling new things that are going to be up and running for this beautiful time. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, there's um, if you are in the area it, on December, the weekend of December 10th, uh, let me look for my calendar. December 9th and 10th is the on, annual Goddess Craft Fair that happens in Sebastopol, California. And Milk and Honey has been a sponsor of this event since its inception, which was 21 years ago. Um, oh, my God. But it is. I know it's so cool. But it's all local vendors, all women artists. And it's a great place to come and get holiday uh, gifts and support local people. So please do come to the Goddess Craft Fair. You'll see us. We're the very first booth when you walk in the door. Uh, and I would love to say hi. And I just discovered, or I didn't discover it, I heard this week that Milk and Honey was accepted to vend at PantheaCon in February. Woo! I know. I'm so you. I'm so excited. So if you if you come to PantheaCon, please come and find us in the vendor hall and say hello. It would be great to meet folks in person. That is wonderful. And just to let everyone know that even though the Mystic Fair, which was going to be October 14th and 15th of this mm-hmm. year, but because of what happened up here, they are they did get a date. It'll be April 14th and 15th awesome. of next That's year, 2018. Exciting. Yeah. So, and they'll then have their regular October one, but this is the date that they will be doing this particular makeup one. So nice, nice. So we have things coming up, but mostly, definitely, milk and honey and um, the goddess fair, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And you know, we don't ever mention, but we probably should. Elvira and I are both professional tarot readers, so if you want to get a reading, elviralove.com. Um, or milk-am-honey.com is a way to book a reading with either of us. And, um, yeah, we're, we're both really good at it, man. <laughs> no kidding. We are super good. <laughs> I just realized we never mentioned that we do that, so we should. I know. We skirt around it because we're so excited about our topics that we get kind yeah. of lost in that and forget, oh, by the way, we actually do something else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, thank you. I think we're at our time, my dear. Yeah, we are. Okay. So, do we have anything else we want to say other than join us next week? And thank you for for listening to us this week. <laughs> I think that covers it. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Well, see you next week. Have a wonderful see week. You next week. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.